Hello, I'm Dan Houghton. I'm here with Dr. Wes Youngberg. It is May 13, I'm sorry, it's March 13. We got that in our head earlier. March 13, 2020. Two weeks ago, we sat at this same spot and gave a little update about uh, the coronavirus COVID-19. And tonight, there's been so many things happening, even today, uh, Wes, even just today. Uh, so many things are happening that we decided to sit down and just have another casual discussion for anyone who wants to know what is really happening and how it affects their families and the church. I would just begin by saying, if uh, you have opportunity, uh, yesterday, talk about what a difference a day makes, yesterday at um, 9 o'clock a.m. California time, 11 o'clock uh, a.m. in uh, Illinois, we taped a special program on Three Angels Broadcasting Network with myself, Danny Shelton, Mark Finley, John Lomaking, Dr. Youngberg, and also uh, Dr. Neil Nedley from Weimar. And in that short amount of time, so much has changed. And we want to encourage you to watch that. It'll be shown all day uh, tomorrow, Sabbath, um, March 14th. And again, probably many times in the next few weeks. But there's so much more information that's happened even today that we wanted to have a chance to give you some new information to hear from Dr. Youngberg. He's been tracking this. Wes, you've just been on this and it's, it's been a part of you because your training, your background, your interests. And today, a lot of things have changed. And uh, from two weeks ago, when we first sat down and started talking about this, I know that there are at least 3,500 or 4,000 people have watched that conversation that we had. I don't know how many watched today, but so many things have happened. As an example, our church where we're sitting right now in Fallbrook, California, today, our elders met with our pastoral team, and we made the decision to, uh, to suspend live services. We're going to be doing a, a live stream tomorrow and for the next few weeks. But along with all the churches in southeastern California, as well as southern California, I understand there's some in Michigan, Pioneer Memorial Church, I believe, is also going to be live streaming tomorrow. Uh, as, and I know Chattanooga area, and there are probably many other churches that we haven't even heard yet. In addition, Wes, you know, it's interesting, I don't know if you heard this, but the North American Division and the General Conference in the last two days have made a decision to bring all the people that are traveling back home. Uh, wherever they are in the world or wherever they are in the, in the North American division, and no more travel by our division and general conference people for the next three months. That is so encouraging, Dan, because uh, we have learned from uh, recent studies that every day that we wait to limit our contact with the people around us increases the risk, uh, and actually increases the risk a month later of, uh, of serious cases by 40%. So, so what little changes that we make right now can dramatically increase the, the risk or decrease the risk uh, of what happens a month out. And that is because of the exponential change, the compounding effect that occurs sure. uh, that, that's, that keeps going until you make a change. Dr. Scott Gottlieb, who is a past FDA commissioner for the United States, has been one of the most keen and most insightful uh, interviewees on TV over the last six weeks. And I, I noticed immediately that he was insightful. And he's been saying for, for, for six weeks now that this is very, very serious. And uh, just a few days ago, he actually tweeted that just a 25% decrease in our everyday contacts. In other words, instead of doing everything that we normally do at work, at home, at church, etc., if we just decrease those contacts by 25%, and 
in a given, uh, on a daily basis. That would decrease the case rate of COVID-19 by 50% a month later or so. And, and Wes, I'm just thinking, one of the reasons why maybe it hasn't, we haven't taken it as seriously as we should have, even though you and I've been taking it seriously, we normally have a problem and then we have a way to solve it. We don't think a month out. But what you're saying is that decisions that are made now impact what will happen a month from now. And I recall very distinctly that on January 31, when you made a presentation to a room full of people right here, which is about six weeks ago, you said the things that would happen and they've all happened almost right down the line. And one of the things we want to talk about tonight is what will the next six weeks look like and maybe the next 10 or 12 weeks look like for people and how should they be adjusting to that. But bring us up to date. What is actually happening right now in, in uh, the whole scheme of things? First of all, I, I, am, I was so elated uh, listening to Trump's speech today uh, because, I, I've, because for the last six weeks I had been dismayed. I've been in, in, uh, just so discouraged that, and that, has nothing that the government agencies haven't been acting. They, they've been making excuses of why they can't get tests out and we've got to control this. And, and it was just a, a fiasco. Uh, and so finally, Trump said, okay, forget about government agencies. I'm going to create a, a, a national state of emergency. We're going to bypass those agency rules, and we're going to go right to business. And something that uh, apparently the CDC was struggling to do for the last eight weeks, uh, uh, Roche and, and, and uh, LabCorp and Quest did in like two days. Yes. And so finally now we have access to considerable testing. Um, and, and then Trump also announced the fact that there's going to be uh, every Walmart, uh, uh, Walgreens. CVS, Walgreens, Target is going to be, uh, make some of their parking lots available for drive-through testing. It's going to be done very carefully where up, up to 200 people can, in their cars can be tested in a day in each location. So that's just a wonderful thing. So we'll be learning more about that uh, on, on Sunday evening, which is, will be on the 15th or 14th, 15th, 15th of, of March. So, uh, so we're, we're now moving forward with, and, and decisions are being made and, and, and things are actionable. So I'm very interested by that. But, but don't assume that because, because uh, of these major uh, decisions have been made in the right direction, that we're out of the woods because we're absolutely not out of the woods. For instance, uh, just a few hours ago uh, on Tucker Carlson, the, uh, he, Tucker was interviewing uh, Dr. Michael Osterholm, okay. who I've, I've also been paying attention to. He, he and Dr. Gottlieb are the two most logical and, and thoughtful scientists I've seen interviewed to date okay. on this topic. And isn't he from the University of Minnesota? And that's right. So Dr. Osterholm is, uh, is a professor at University of Minnesota. Uh, he has been on, on uh, government task force at the national level for the president and, and, and state levels for, for the past four administrations. He has no bone to pick on the Democratic or Republican side. Both Republicans and Democrats have been fighting the wrong battle on this. Uh, they, 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 there's way too much politicizing on this. We just got to deal with the facts. And the facts are is that 
is that there was a whirlwind coming on this, and we need to be ready for it. And the, it, the reason we're here, Dan, is we want to help you recognize the things that you can do. What makes us fearful, what makes us panic, is when we have no idea what to do. We have no idea. We haven't been educated as to the actionable factors that are available to us right now. And so that's what we're going to focus on. But let, but let, me, let me be clear. Uh, during, uh, so, so Dr. Michael Osterholmes basically said this. He says that uh, we have about 160,000 uh, ventilators. These are that, that are used in ICU units for critical care uh, and, and, in the entire breathe. United States. Now, uh, there, there is a stockpile that's available for emergencies that I believe is about 6,000. And, and President Trump mentioned today that they're actually ordering a whole bunch more. Uh, but, but he made the point is that that doesn't come close to what we're going to need potentially in the next few months. Sure. And so, and so, in other words, don't wait to take care of your health until you find out that you're seriously ill. Because if you do that, it's very likely that there will not be a bed available for you. In fact, that's, that's the, in the majority of cases that will be true come mid-May based on mathematic modelers. Now, speaking of the, the top epidemiologists in the world, like Los Alamos National Laboratories, Harvard University and others who have extremely bright people working for them uh, with, with multiple PhDs in mathematics and epidemiology, and they understand how to take some of the early index cases and to see the little clusters that develop in different areas around the counties or states or na nationally, and they can accurately forecast or project exactly what's going to happen one week later, two weeks later, three weeks later, a month later, and two months later. In, in this mathematic modeling, which, which has been highly uh, improved and, and refined over the last few decades, uh, it is basically saying that between 40 and 70% of the world's entire population will be infected. In other words, kind of expect to be infected. Now, 80% of those infected aren't going to have serious complications, but those of us who do get infected, Dan, mm -hmm. we're going to be infective. In other words, we have to self-isolate because otherwise we're getting other people sick that may not have the immune system strength that we have, and then they go serious and potentially critical. And as we said, there's not going to be enough ventilators, certainly, or even critical care beds for them. Now, so, a ventilator, just a minute, a ventilator, so somebody may not know what that is. A ventilator is a mechanical device that helps you breathe if you're Yeah, you think of it like a mechanical lung. It just helps. It, it basically it, it infuses a high degree of oxygen that helps bypass the fluid buildup in your lungs that's blocking oxygen transport from your lungs into the blood. And so without, without a significant amount of extra oxygen coming into your bloodstream, through a mechanical means, through a ventilator, that person will probably die. Okay, even in China, with, with access to ventilators, people who go critical, one out of two will die. That's a 49% death rate once you go critical. So, so in other words, our task here is, is to recognize 
that we're not going to be able to stop this virus. Uh, and Dr. Michael Osterholm, and I'm quoting him, he says, trying to stop this new novel virus is like trying to stop the wind. It's essentially impossible. All we can do is try to slow it down a little bit, and, and now with this new mandate, we are going to be able to slow down what otherwise would have happened. But we can't slow down what we have, what we failed to do to date. Now let's, let's go back and review that, uh, Wes. January 31, you said, if we don't get some action in place, this is going to have a process that's geometrical in its expansion. So, so, so let's I, be clear. I didn't say that January 31. You reported it. Lancet Medical Journal, one of the most respected medical journals in the world, uh, uh, as, as written up by Dr. Gabriel Leon at University of Hong Kong, which is a WHO collaborating center right. for research on infectious disease, he published a, a, a manifesto, if you will, for all the medical world to read, and he says, if we do not mitigate this properly because of asymptomatic spread, this is going to go globally, and essentially they were predicting that 1% of those infected would die, which was roughly 50 million people worldwide. That was published January the 31st. Okay, and that's what we talked yeah. about. Yeah, okay. and, and so I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a messenger. You are, <laughs> and, and, and one of the things I want to point out to those who are watching us right now is that all those things that Dr. Youngberg pointed out six weeks ago are right on the exact track. And like he says, he, he no, understands the epidemiology, but you're reporting all these different people that have done it. You're, you're, just, you're just the messenger showing us what it is. But I want to, I wanna, sometimes people think, okay, today I went to the grocery store, and by the way, talk about panic. You know, I've been gone all week. I was back at Three Angels Broadcasting Network where we were taping a new show on the Three Angels messages. We came back and went to the store today and couldn't believe it. Though everybody is panicked and they're buying, the shelves are cleaned of almost everything. There is a panic across the nation right now, and that's not necessarily the right thing to be doing, I don't think. But I want to go back before I get started. Let, let me that. finish one point about okay. this mathematic modeling. Okay. Tucker Carlson also interviewed the governor of Ohio. This was brand new to me. You know, my wife is, a, is an Ohio girl. She always buys me Buckeye sweatshirts, yeah. and I'm from Michigan, right? <laughs> so I feel like a traitor. But anyways, uh, we're, I'm, I'm watching the governor of Ohio and his chief medical officer uh, talking about what's happening in Ohio. And the chief medical officer said, Monday we had our very first official case of COVID-19. That was this Monday just basically four days ago. Um, uh, today, they have nine official cases, but they were smart. They actually met with the top epidemiologists, mathematical modelers, and said, okay, we, we're seeing a little cluster here, and a little cluster over here, and a little cluster over here. What can you tell us about what this means as we project out? And you know what the mathematic modeler said? It says, based on what we know today, it is highly likely that Ohio already has 100,000 cases. Now, that's going to shock a lot of people. Okay? And that's why we've been talking about this for over six, almost seven weeks now. Right. And, and, uh, and most people listening have been completely dismissing it. Now, and many of my physician friends are going like, oh, Wes, come on, man. You know, and, and, and even as a few days ago, they were dismissing it. Well, they're not dismissing it right now because all of a sudden, the, the nature of mathematic modeling and the exponential uh, impact 
of the doubling effect. So, so let's just so what is let's just effect? assume the second. Let's okay. just assume that they're right. That there's a hundred thousand cases in Ohio right now, and and we would be foolish to think otherwise. Okay, because they've been right about everything else so far. Okay, this doubles every six days. That's what I wanted to get to. This doubles every six days. Okay, so so uh, six days from now, okay, on on uh, March uh, 13, what is it, 19th, there's going to be, according to the model, 200,000 people. Okay, another six days to the 25th, the 25th of March, now you have 400,000 cases. Okay, another six days later, now you have 800,000 cases. And that's just in Ohio. Now, Ohio... Ohio is probably not as bad as California, no. and certainly not as bad as Washington State, and most likely not as bad as New York State. Okay, and so in other words, we're all in this together, but some of us are way ahead of the curve in terms of cases. And so we're sitting in one of the hotbeds right now, Dan, that's and that's right. one reason that even, even uh, against some opposition to close our church services to physical congregations coming into the church, we are saying we're going to have a church service. We're going, to, we're going to keep doing it just like what we're doing right, right now, but it will not be in a way that increases the risk of contact spread of COVID-19 because that would be foolish and that would be basically be dramatically increasing the risk of serious illness and, and death in people that otherwise could have lived. That's right. And that's, I want to just say something, because many of our church members here in Fallbrook are going to be watching this. Maybe you're watching it right now live. Um, one of the things we realized, and it was, a, it was an agonizing decision. Wes was on the phone call with the rest of our elders today. It wasn't agonizing to me. I know, it wasn't agonizing. <laughs> it was agonizing to some people that were saying, oh, we're going to miss this. And several, I've, got, I've gotten some, some texts and emails through the day. Somebody sent me the text out of Hebrews that said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together in my name. And I just want to say that we have a sense of the need of the social community. And we're working on ways to make sure there are telephone contact and et cetera. But some of our most vulnerable, precious people in this congregation and congregations everywhere, wherever you may be watching this, those people we must protect. And so we've got to find ways to make sure our and, community... And they are the together. ones, Dan, that are most likely to come to church even against our advice. That's right. And so if we say, well, let's just let the parishioners make up their own mind, no. right? Let's just let them come if they feel like they can. Well, guess what? The, most, the, most, uh, the people at most risk are the ones most likely to come because, let's face it, church is one of the, it's the highlight it of their week. It's... And, and, you know, and they need it, so we're not going to forsake them. No, we're not. We're going to make sure that their needs are being met, but we have to do it in a way that actually meets their needs without putting them at unnecessary risk. And we're not talking theoretical risk here. We're talking about simply being in contact with them That's right. uh, might make you feel better because you're, you're supporting them emotionally, but you could have just infected them with a virus that will take their life within three to four weeks. And we don't want that to happen. We, we want to be very sensitive to the needs of everybody. And we want to ask you, if you're watching this and you think of someone that may love to come to church and will miss greatly mingling and fellowshipping, give them a call. Don't go see them. Give them a call. We're trying to keep as many people isolated because I want to reiterate what Dr. Youngberg was saying. If we take these steps now, 
we dramatically decrease the probability five weeks, six weeks from now, that some of those people will be dead. And that's really important. We don't want anyone to die unnecessarily. And just like I said two weeks ago, the Bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And that's one reason why we're doing this. We want people to be knowledgeable about what to do. Now, okay, so 100,000 people in Ohio. There's got to be, I don't know how many hundred thousand in California and Washington and Florida. A lot more than that. So six weeks or three weeks from now, 25th is only, my, that's only two and a half weeks from now. We're looking at having a tripling of the numbers. Is that right? The 25th is two weeks from now. Two weeks from now. So by, that's, about, that's three, six days just about. So, yeah. That's, uh, we're talking about some serious exp- exponential elements. Now, what is that going to look like in our daily lives? So, what, you know, I think the price <coughs> For, 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 for those that are still like, what, this is, you're, you're blowing this out of proportion, you know, let's wait and see. Well, <laughs> we are going to wait and see, but we're not going to wait to make decisions. No. Uh, the, the, the best thing that we can do, Dan, is, is take a careful look at what's happening in Italy right now. We're roughly two, maybe two and a half weeks behind Italy. Okay, so... so Think about the implications of that. So Italy made decisions too late. They waited way too long before they closed their borders. Uh, they, they were basically overrun with the yes. virus. By the time they realized their mistake, they, they closed things down. Uh, but now they have 60 million people under complete lockdown. You know, who would have thought of that a couple months ago, or even a month ago, or even three weeks ago? Even a week ago, most people didn't think that could ever happen. And, and so what, what's happened in just the last week or so in Italy is, is just this exponential rise of cases uh, where they're literally having to triage. Now, you may be thinking, well, you know, if, if I'm completely asymptomatic, if I'm completely, if I'm well, if there's not a sniffle uh, on me at all, if I have no headache, if I'm, if I'm robust and healthy and feeling good, that, that, I should, that I should go about my business and be in contact with as many people as possible helping them out. Well, yes, we need to help each other out, but we need to do it in a way that doesn't infect other people, uh, which, which primarily means you know, we, we need to keep our distance. You know, we're even, we're about, about three, maybe just under three feet from each other. We're a little close to each other right now, actually, according to the guidelines. But, um, and, and, and so the, the key here is that we need to understand that in Italy, 40 to 50% of all those individuals who tested positive for COVID-19 were completely asymptomatic. And which they simply made, means they, they didn't know it. They, they, yeah, which means they had no clue that they were sick. Uh, they and felt, well, actually, they weren't sick in the, in the symptomatic sense. They had no illness. They didn't feel, uh, you know, uh, at dis-ease, but right? But they had it. But they had it, and, they, and their virus, uh, viral counts were high, which means that just talking, just talking the way we're talking right now, aerosolizes this virus at a high degree, and that virus can land in our eyes or can land, uh, or we can, more importantly, or more easily, we can breathe it in through our nose or through our mouth because it has been breathed out just through normal breathing. It doesn't take a sneeze. 
It doesn't necessarily require a cough to transmit this. And so that, that's why this is so seriously infectious. This is much more infectious than the, than the seasonal flu by, by a factor of three to five. Uh, this, is, this is more deadly. Uh, the case fatality rate of COVID-19 is at least 10 times worse than the flu, at least, but more likely 20 to 30 times more deadly. So this is not something to play around with. This is not something to say, well, I'm just going to go ahead and get infected a little bit now so that, so that I can then be better later on to help other people. No, you're going to be out of commission because you're, otherwise you're infecting people that could die because of, because of that decision. Okay, so, so, so in other words, we need to assume that a lot of people around us are already infected. We don't know yes. because testing has been inadequate up until... Well, up until next week, right? And so, so uh, number two is to understand that there's triaging going on, Dan, in Italy. And which, triage, which, triage. which means this. A triage is when uh, somebody comes into the emergency room uh, and doctors had need to decide, okay, who gets, who gets my priority right now? If somebody is, is just, it just says that, you know, they got a cut on their knee, they're going to be the lowest priority on the triage. Uh, but if somebody comes in and they're not breathing, they're going to be given primary priority. Now, th this is how bad it's gotten in, in Italy. Uh, doctors in Italy are writing to doctors in the United States and saying, if I had to do it over again, we would have taken this far more seriously, even, even two weeks ago. They weren't taking this seriously because they didn't think people, it's, it's un an unthinkable thing to occur. Uh, but we have, to, we have to accept the fact that it's possible because it's happened in China and it's happened in Italy and it's happening in other places as we speak. So here's the bottom line. We know that the elderly and those with underlying medical conditions are at the highest risk. Just simply being over 80 years of age, regardless of your health condition, means that if you get infected, which is likely, 15% will die. 15% case fatality. That's, that's 150 times more deadly than the general death rate or case fatality rate for the seasonal flu. Okay, so, so in other words, that's why we absolutely cannot allow somebody who's elderly to come into a gathering where it's undoubtable that many of us are already positive. Okay, I, I, I would be shocked to learn if in the future that we don't have at least 10 or 20 people in our church congregation that are already positive. Well, okay? I know and right now we don't know because we, there's not know. enough testing. So we actually have to, right now, we have to wait until we're symptomatic. You know, a couple of weeks ago we, had to, we, we didn't get tested at all because we didn't, we didn't travel to China, which was the most ridiculous idea, right? So, so right now, we're pretty soon, maybe next, as early as early next week, we'll be able to do a drive-by test if we have symptoms. You sign up on the website uh, that, that Google's putting together as we speak, and if you have symptoms, you get, you get a code in, on your phone, and you can go right through the drive-by at, at Walmart, Walgreens, Target, or CVS, and, and get that taken care of. And so so the, the national emergency is a wonderful vehicle to make this happen, because our public health laws would have never allowed that to happen. Okay, so, so we've got to put that aside right now.
All right, so, so triaging in Italy has gotten so bad that doctors are essentially allowing any elderly person that comes into the hospital to just die. Now, they're not doing that because they don't care. They're doing that because they don't even have enough beds for the 40 and 50-year-olds who are coming in sick. Who may and they, survive. And they know that the 40 and 50-year-olds that are sick are more likely to, to successfully live through the treatment. Whereas they know that the 70-year-olds and the 80-year-olds are very unlikely to live through the treatment. And so they essentially make the decision, we will not even intubate this patient. We will not even start care. And they're sending a, a, a physician that has nothing else to do, like an orthopedist or a pathologist, in with a, with a brochure for the family saying, we're sorry, but your, your family member is going to die. Now, I'm sorry to be so graphic about this, but that's what's happening in Italy right now. We cannot, we cannot ignore this. And so, what, but what we can do is potentially dramatically minimize the risk of anybody in your family, elderly or not, from succumbing to that if we take action today. Today, tonight. Uh, to, to dramatically decrease our contact. Now, that is not just giving up on the world. That is just making a good decision. We have technology where we can reach out and touch people anywhere well, in the world. We're doing it right now. Start using it. Right. Start using it effectively to reach out to your loved ones, to, to, to your friends. And I've been spending a lot of time on the phone talking to not only patients. I, I don't see patients in person anymore. I haven't, I haven't for over a week yeah, because... Because I know I, I wanted to limit transmission of this virus because we already knew it was everywhere. Uh, and so every, everything I'm doing is by Zoom, uh, conf, uh, video conferencing, or phone. And, and for, because of uh, President Trump's ruling today, most physicians now are going to switch over to primarily telemedicine, uh, a telemedicine or video conferencing. So... So the, the last thing you want to do is go to a medical office and even worse, the hospital, to get treated because elective procedures are now out. out. Hospitals are now have been given the green light to cancel all elective procedures and to gear up their hospitals for just the critically ill, for the seriously and critically ill because we don't even have enough beds for that. Okay, so... so um, so let, let's talk, Dan, about the things that we can do. Okay, before we do that, I, I'm sitting here thinking, Wes, is, and, and I know you're passionate about this. And in fact, you and I talked, you said, I wish that I had been a little bit more direct early on. You felt like... Yeah, so if, if I'm sounding a little bit uh, kind of uh, tough or abrupt, I'm doing it on purpose. Because, because if, if you're on the fence right now, uh, I need to knock you off the fence on the right side. That's right. But I want to come back. There's a spiritual dimension to what... I hear, hear, hear from, from you just now. It's just going in my mind. We talk about something that happens today having an effect 30 days from now. Right. Most of the time, we're thinking about today and tomorrow. Day after tomorrow, oh. well, that's on my calendar somewhere. But, yeah. okay. <laughs> but in the same way, the decisions that we make now will have an impact on our future spiritually. This right. is a great illustration of that point. And I'm just thinking that you know, for those who are listening and saying, oh my goodness, I, this is worse than I thought, and yes, it is, probably. And one of the things that makes me, uh, I was thinking of this too, Wes. Last night, 
Karen and I flew home from St. Louis. We had been at Three Angels, Mes Three Angels Broadcasting Network doing this Three Angels message project. And we had these N95 masks on that we had sprayed the, uh, the iodine on inside and outside. And you know what? On the whole plane, it was almost full. There was only four people that had masks. I think after tonight, that's going to change. That probably will change. If but anybody's smart. People, By the way, don't, don't, don't buy into uh, the advice that wearing masks is, even, is bad for you. That's ridiculous. Uh, everybody knows different. Okay? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of obvious. Uh, it, it's right now, the, 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 the only reason that's being discussed is they're trying to limit the hoarding of masks uh, so that the hospitals have enough, right? And, and, you know, I, I, it's beyond me uh, how hospital administrators couldn't have thought of this three months ago. Yeah. You know, it's, it's beyond me that, that, that they're, they're going to run out in a couple of weeks of masks unless something happens because they're not coming from China anymore. Yeah. They're, whole, they're using it just for themselves. So we need to ramp up our own production of all these things, and hopefully that will work out. Well, we are where we are on, May, on, March, I keep saying May, on March 13, 2020. And the question is, okay, what can I do? And let me just say, as I've thought about some conversations I've had today, let's say that you get a phone call or you get an email that says, you were in a certain meeting in a certain place, and we now know that there was someone there that has tested positive for COVID-19. You need to self-isolate. Okay, you should self-isolate. Absolutely. You and you need to do it for at least 14, 15 days. Is that right? At least. Okay. And then let's say that you're one of those that gets the symptoms and you become sick. What should a person do in that circumstance? Speaking of the spiritual connection here, I've, uh, I've been thinking a lot of the book of Ephesians. Okay. Um, uh, right, you know, as Paul wrote to the, the church of Ephesus, uh, amazing study. He talks in, in chapter 6 of Ephesians, the, putting on the, the whole armor of God. You know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's such a well-written, it's like Socrates in the Bible, right? Yes, and, um, and it's, as, as other doctors have said over the last few, uh, six weeks, we need to have a multifactorial strategy uh, approach to this. We can't just do one thing. I, I love the fact, I'm, I'm pleased with the fact that we keep hearing about washing our hands. I'm hoping that for those of us that are, are just, you know, like nothing's going to touch me, right? Uh, I'm not going to get sick. I don't need to wash my hands. Yeah. You know, I, I'll be honest with you. I kind of I had that attitude for many years. But the, the reason washing hands is so critical is because it actually breaks up. Soap and water will basically disintegrate the outer membrane of the virus, causing all the... The, the genetic material of the virus to leak out and die it, it essentially and, and, and basically be broken up and destroyed. So now that virus has no opportunity to infect anything. So, so when we wash with soap and water, we're not only washing off the virus, but we're also destroying the virus by inactivating. So if you think of washing your hands and say, take that virus. That's right. That's right. Like, come on, let's go here. Right. Uh, so that's why they say 20 seconds. Take your time. Wash your entire hand, palm side, backside, rinse clearly. And, and, uh, and, and then we need to be wiping down everywhere we have been. When that needs to be wiped down with disinfectants at least twice a day. 
Well, I know on the plane yesterday, we, Karen, she yeah. had her little, we, we wiped down everything around us on that plane in addition to having those masks. My, my daughter is, 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 is flying home from college that just ended today. And you, you better believe it that we're telling her, you know, wear the mask. Uh, we, we have her the N99 mask, mm -hmm. the, the black mask. That's one I have, too. Uh, and, and, uh, and wipe everything down and don't eat anything on the plane. Don't, don't let them give you water. Don't let them give you anything. Don't let anybody touch you. Don't accept anything. Okay. So, so what does it mean then to put on the whole armor of God? Or, or from this perspective, sure. the analogy extends to... What are all the things that we can do to optimize our health? Now, we have the New Start principles, which Dr. Nedley briefly summarized in the 3 ABN special that will be on tomorrow, I believe at 8 o'clock Central. It's, it starts 8 o'clock Central, and it goes at three, four, it'll play four times tomorrow. And talking with Danny Shelton again today, he said it'll be playing multiple times over the next week. So tune in tomorrow. <clears> the <throat> 3 ABN, you know, uh, watch our, our program for the service from 10 to 12 uh, Pacific time on, uh, on Fallbrook SDA YouTube channel. Uh, and then watch, watch 3 ABN, this great programming all Sabbath uh, and all week long, actually. So, so uh, the, the, the eight natural remedies or the new start principles are critical, critical. Um, let me, let me say that probably the most important one, that once, what, let's, once you know that, man, I, I, got a, I got a feeling, I'm feeling something in my chest, I got this kind of cough developing, that's a really, really strong indication that indeed you may have COVID-19, and, 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 and you should basically fill out that survey online on, on the website, the national website, and, and do a drive-through screening uh, right away. I mean, you're ready, you, you know, if, you, if you're paying any attention at all, you're ready should be self-quarantined, right? You should already be isolated, not just in your home, but away from your family as well. You, you don't want to infect your entire family. I mean, that would be, that would be really naive to, to just be walking around the, the house and coughing on things and infecting the whole family. I mean, this is extremely infective. Uh, and so... So you need to actually be in the room of the house that's away from everything else. The bathroom that you use cannot be used by anybody else, okay, ideally. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, well, otherwise it's going to be a real problem, okay. And, uh, and, and basically it'd be actually good to use a, a, a plastic sheet, like a plastic tarp to put over the door so that it, there's, there's some kind of barrier, so that, so that whatever you're breathing isn't being sent through the house. Somebody needs to be disinfecting the room maybe three, three four times that because of the venting situation. We don't want to have, we don't want to promote what happened in the, the, the cruise lines. That's right. Because the venting basically <clears throat> infected almost everybody in the ship. Uh, we believe that that's the most likely mode of transmission. Sure. So... Keep the windows open. So once, once you uh, know that, oh, something's happening here, even if you're not sure, the most important thing that you can do, and this can be the difference of life or death, is you go to bed immediately. You go to your room, and you get in bed, and you stay there. And, you don't, and, and the only reason you get up is if you need to use the, the restroom, and you don't get up for any other reason. Okay, uh, everything else can be brought in in a way where there's no contact. You don't want somebody that's contacting you unless they've already had this. 
right? Because mm -hmm. uh, they could be the one the that food, gets it. Water, et yeah. So food and water, they, you know, that can be done in, in innovative ways where there's no touching, right? All right. So, so, but the, so the number one thing, and this this goes along with the most important wellness strategy, bar none, and that is you got to get your sleep, and that also implies you got to get your rest. Uh, if, if I look a little tired right now, I mean, I was about ready to crash about an hour ago when we decided, oh, we're going to do this at this time. And I'm thinking, like, I don't know if I have the energy to do this. Well, I mean, you're doing quite and well, I'm, a, I'm a high energy person, yeah. and, and I was literally running low. And so I know I'm going to sleep long. I'm going to, I'm going to basically uh, do hydrotherapy tonight. Okay, hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. Okay, I'm actually, I'm lucky I got a pool in my backyard. And so I'm going to go between a hot tub and and a, and a cold, very cold pool back and forth over a 20-minute period, okay? So, but the most important thing is you got you to get your rest. The, the Hutchinson Seventh-day Adventist Seminary in 1918, just west of Minneapolis, uh, the reason that 90 people who got the Spanish flu at that seminary survived without even getting seriously ill, so none died, uh, and the reason they didn't get ill is because immediate, when the first symptom occurred, Dan, they were put to bed, complete bed rest. And there was a nurse making sure that that person did not deviate from that, from that situation. That's you know, boring as all get out to be just in bed for, for, for so many days. But that, it may be your only chance. And to survive after, this. And even after you start feeling better, stay in bed, right? Yeah, so the, the, the real risk is, is that, yeah, we're all going to start feeling better after getting, you know, maybe even one good night's sleep. We're going like, oh, I'm good now. Man, I got so much to do. I got finals. I got, I got this. I got that. I got that work project that I'm delayed in. And, and uh, you know, I, 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 I can't lose my job. Make. So you have to basically say you got to put all your energy into getting well. And the risk of relapse is so great. That's why a lot of people don't make it. It's because they don't stay in bed. And so the, the success of the 1918 100% success rate uh, at the seminary was that they stayed in bed for at least two days after they felt well. At least two days. And, 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 and that, that doesn't mean you're sleeping full time. You're in bed, you're resting. You're reading maybe. Uh, listening to tapes, watching 3ABN, you know, wa watching good things on YouTube, you know, uh, not overly stimulating your brain. Got to be careful with that. Sure. Okay, you don't want to be binge binging on Netflix because that that's not rest. It makes your mind yes, work. That's right. That's not rest. That's stress, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, and then some of the cases in 1918, Dan, required five extra days after they essentially recovered because they, they kept kind of coming back a little bit. So you have to really monitor your temperature. So make sure you have a good thermometer, and you need to, even, even when you're feeling fine, you should be checking your temperature three times a day. As soon as your temperature gets to 100.4 or higher, you got a problem, and you need to immediately treat that. Not with an aspirin, not with a fever reducer. That's a sign that your body's trying to fight the virus. You reduce the fever, you're just knocking out your immune system at that point. Okay, you don't, you don't take a fever reducer unless your temperature is very high, and I would say at 104 or higher, unless you're in serious pain. 
Okay, so I mean, literally, you, you don't you, you want to let it burn sure. off the virus. That's why you're having a fever. Your body and immune system is trying to destroy that virus. Help it destroy the virus. And so rest is critical. Uh, in fact, without rest, almost everything else we do is work. probably not going to work. Let me just say that up front. That's why it's the number one thing and the most important thing. And, and the next thing is hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. Drink, drink so much water that your urine is just completely clear the whole time. Yeah. Okay, so uh, yeah, we say drown those buggies. Just allow your body to flush out virus. You know, your kidneys uh, and your system is trying to get rid of virus. Your sweat's going to have virus. Your spit is going to have virus. Your breath is going to have virus. Your, it's not just sneezes that have virus. It's everything about us. We just have this viral envelope around us that, that walk around with us, and we need to be getting rid of that. So urinating and defecating healthfully Make sure you're not constipated. Keep flushing it. Take more magnesium. Yep. Take more vitamin C. Whatever it takes to flush out that stool to get rid of virus, right? So a lot of water. And then a very critical third step, Dan, is to absolutely stay away from all the junk food. Now, I'll be... I'll be and sugar I'll be, particularly. Yeah, sugar especially particularly. sugar. Because sugar really depresses your immune system. So... So if you want to increase your chances of death or, or, or long-term disability, people who survive this will have, many of them will have long-term disability. Scarring in the lungs? Not just lungs, but post-traumatic stress syndrome, literally. Okay? They'll have emotional problems. They'll be, have depression problems. And it's not just because they went through something that was stressful. It's because there's a physiologic change that has occurred because of the pathology of the illness. So don't think it's here and gone tomorrow. No, this is, so the effects of this are going to be for life for many individuals, even if you survive. So, so we need to take this seriously and absolutely avoid sugar. See, I say this because I'm human too. I mean, you know, when I get sick, what's the one thing I want? You know, in fact, Comfort it's food. when I start craving sugar, that's when, if my brain is working at all, if I've had enough sleep and, and appropriate exercise and fresh air and sunlight, my brain immediately tells me, Wes, if you want sugar that bad, that must be that, that your body is telling you that you're sick, that you're, that you're at, uh, highly uh, at risk or maybe contagious, and so the very time when you're craving sugar is, is the time when you should be telling people, tie me to the mast and don't untie me no matter what I say. Right? <laughs> right? That's <laughs> and so, right. And so I'm serious, this is critical because if you start eating sugar in this situation, that could be your undoing, even if you're resting. So the multifactorial uh, issues, the putting on the whole armor of God here requires the whole armor. You could be missing just one piece of armor, and that's your undoing. So don't be the champion of one thing to, to, to uh, the disregard of other strategies, other wellness strategies, because in this case, we don't have that luxury. We have to be the champion of the whole armor of God. We have to be a champion of, of all the multifactorial strategies that are critical for us to to stay healthy, number one, but right now we're talking about how to get healthy again once we succumb to yeah. that. You mentioned four items, but there was a fifth one. You, talked, you alluded to it a minute ago, and that's hydrotherapy. 
Hydrotherapy would be a fifth item, I believe, in that. Now, you have a pool. You have a hot tub and you have a cold pool. Most people watching this may not, but hot, cold shower. That's right. And if need be, uh, what's the, the fine art of the fomentation? I, I don't usually do the hot tub, you know, because it takes about uh, 45 minutes to get that going. You know, yeah. What I normally do at home, and I try to do this at least once a day, just as a preventive measure, a kind of a prophylactic measure, is that I'll, when I take a shower, I always do hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, cold. And, then, and, and, and so he, here's how you do it. You get in the shower and you just ease into the, the as hot as you can take it without, you know, without, your without, skin you know, you got to use your common sense here. Red, huh? You know, skin yeah, you're going you're gonna to end up with a red chest. If you're so white. you get the shower right on the, the, basically your throat area and, and the upper chest area. You can even do it on your back area as well. Okay, so that, that, the heat from that shower draws blood to that area and draws lymphatic uh, fluid to that area, which means you start activating the immune system to start producing the very antibodies that are specifically targeted against that virus. Better than any medicine, than any vaccine that you could ever, ever hope for. Because the, the body has the ability to make the, the exact chemotherapeutic antiviral antibacterial, anti-cancer, whatever, through mobilization, which requires improved circulation. That's why if we're well, a moderate exercise and fresh air and sunlight is so critically important to our health. But, um, uh, but so the, the hydrotherapy is great because it's a form of passive, passive exercise, Dan, mm -hmm. where we're, we're dramatically increasing circulation throughout the body, especially to the very area of the body, the lungs, that have coronavirus, you know, COVID-19, attaching to the protein receptors uh, uh, called uh, ACE2 uh, that, that are, are, are basically allowing the, the, the spike proteins of the coronavirus to attach to, and that's how we get infected. So, but we can actually be destroying that connection by increase, increasing blood flow with immune cells to that area. And so now we got a battle going on. And we have a battle that we could potentially win if, if that's happening. Okay, so now I'll turn the, the water up as hot as I can get it and feel really good. And I can sense all those lymphatic cells and all the things you're describing. If that's doing so well, why do I need cold? <laughs> right. Okay. Turn the cold. Oh, that's you know, yeah. Trust how me. How many people actually? Ever, the the people? cold is just as important as the hot. Okay. And so, so the, you get it. By the way, if you do cot right, the the cold is relief. Is okay. is a, is is like instant relief. Ah, oh, get 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 that heat off of me, and then you get that as cold as you can take it. And then the heat is relief. So you go back and forth, relief to relief. So you do about three minutes of hot. In other words, you should be panting a little bit. In fact, I encourage you to breathe in deeply through your nose and then out through your mouth while you're doing the hot uh, shower, uh, and that will allow some of that steam from the heat to get into your lungs that way as well. So that's a good thing. Uh, and so in, once you've done roughly three minutes, then you turn it as cold as you can go. Now, in California... That's not so cold. Yeah, we, you know, cold is like tepid, you know, you're from Wisconsin, I'm from Michigan, 
Yeah, that's cold water. That's water cold. Absolutely. That's right. If you're in the if you're in the in the, in the uh, north or on the east coast, you know what cold water is, right? And so, yeah, as cold as you can take. And so it. you say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, so uh, I I say at least fifteen seconds. Okay. Cold, and you're gonna you know it might take your breath away. Hold on to something. <laughs> and know? turn around, get it all over if your body. If you're faint of heart, you know you got to hold on, especially when you go hot. Some people might get a little lightheaded. Okay, if if that happens, you know don't you know you need to you need to back, back off a little bit because you know last thing we we want is for you to have a concussion while you're trying to trying to therapeutically improve your situation with COVID nineteen, right? So so you do three minutes hot and then about fifteen or more seconds cold, uh, maybe thirty seconds cold. Uh, Dr. Charles Thomas, one of my professors and hydrotherapist extraordinaire from from 20, 30 years ago, uh, taught us how to do that. And then, and then you go back to hot for three minutes, back to cold for 15 to 30 seconds. Do that three times. So you're going to be in the shower at least 15 minutes when you're doing that. And then you, you uh, after the, I actually recommend after the first series, you take a Castile soap, preferably, or any soap if you don't have Castile soap, and you soap down completely to get rid of all that virus. Everything that's been you're you're flushing virus through your skin. You're flushing toxins through your skin. You're getting rid of mercury and lead and cadmium and all kinds of toxins. Literally, when you sweat. That's why infrared sauna is really good as well. If you do have that, by the way, you can do 15 minutes sauna and then soap down, take a cold, and then take a cold shower and come back and do that two or three times. Uh, so, so after the, after the third, um, third time you've done hot, then, then turn it just slightly warm for a second, soap down with the Castile soap, rinse that off completely, and then go cold for a full minute. Okay, this is one of the tricks that Weimar Institute uses. Go, go for a full minute cold, and that energizes your immune system so powerfully uh, that, and then what you got to do very quickly, you don't, you don't just kind of like use that time to shave or, or to, to, you know, putz around and do other stuff. You immediately dry down 100%. If your hair is wet, which it probably will be, you blow dry your hair so it's not wet at all. You blow dry your body. Uh, I'm a hairy guy, so I got to blow dry my body so I'm completely dry. And then, then what you do is you jump in bed and cover up uh, and stay in bed and try to sleep for at least 20 minutes. And this is something that I remember Dr. Charles Thomas telling me. I was, I was with my, my good friend and roommate, Dr. Brent Hildebrandt, back before we were doctors. Mm -hmm. And he's an urgent care doctor in Michigan yes. now. And, uh, and, and he looked at us and I says, he says, now, the most important thing about this entire hydrotherapy is the end. And the end is you got to dry down and then immediately get in bed. Or if somebody's doing it for you through, through uh, using towels in the microwave and so forth. And we'll, at some point, we'll demonstrate <laughs> yes, that in future sessions. Uh, if somebody's helping you, then you just stay in bed after you're dried out. And you get covered up in a sheet and get blankets and you just... You just stay there and feel the, it's an amazing euphoria that you feel after hydrotherapy. 
And that euphoria is associated with what's called spontaneous blastogenesis, where the B cells of the, the, B, the B lymphocytes of the immune system that are tasked by the body to make antibodies have now been primed because they've been circulating and they, they find those, those coronaviruses, and now they, they have been primed to make antibodies specifically against that virus in your body, and you have just bought yourself a whole bunch of soldiers. You've created within yourself an army, millions of soldiers that you otherwise would have not have had that will, that like my, my friends that used to be Navy SEALs, they say they, we go in on site, says, the, the, these drones, they, they're, they, they're not smart enough to know, know where to go. We have to go, we have to be on site and paint the target. And, and once we've painted the target by putting a beacon on it, then the drones, the, the, the smart bombs, they just follow the beacon. They're not that smart, right? Yep. They just small follow the beacon and they blow up that terrorist facility or whatever. That's exactly how antibodies work. They, go, they, they basically uh, go to the, the virus and they, they essentially paint the target, they create, they create a beacon, a signal, a cytokine signal that goes back to the, the macrophages and the natural killer cells that swoop in and destroy that virus where it is. And so, and so when we take that 20 plus minute full rest after the hydrotherapy, and we're just basking in the, the feeling of healing. Yeah, we should feeling market healing. that. The feeling, feeling of, of healing. healing. I like that. That's what you get from hydrotherapy. Well, uh, you're, you're actually sensing that, that by following God's proven methods of natural remedies, you, you now not get not just a sense, but a full feeling that healing is taking place. Why? Because you've taken action. You haven't just prayed that God would help you. You have prayed, yes, but then you've taken action. You've, you, you've, by faith, you've stepped out to do the things that we have been told work. Okay? And so if we don't do them, that means we're, you know, we're part of the five foolish virgins that don't have the faith. That's right. That, have it, that are not able to take action because we didn't prepare properly. So the whole purpose of this session tonight is to give you actionable items that you can begin doing right now. These are things that are, that are preventive, right? An ounce of prevention worth is worth a pound of cure. Okay, it, it was it Ralph Waldo has... Emerson said, uh, uh, an, ounce of, uh, uh, an ounce of action is, is, is worth more than a pound of, than a ton of theory. So, <laughs> right. so the time to theorize, <clears throat> well, I don't know, we should, we should talk about this. We should, we should no. establish another task force and meet once a week and maybe come up with an idea. No. The time has passed for that. Forget about committees. We need to act now. Okay? And you, uh, as, as a, maybe a leader in your family, okay, uh, have a responsibility to act now to institute strategies for your family. You know, my daughter didn't want to come home from college. She was really upset yesterday when we told her. I told my wife yesterday morning, you buy a ticket now. And she didn't want to do it. And I, I basically yelled at her. I said, you buy it now because we may not be able to get it 30 minutes from now. So she bought it immediately. And now our daughter's coming home this weekend. Okay? And she might have not otherwise been able to do that. 
Okay? And so she didn't want to come home. She wanted to stay, stay on, on campus. And, she, she, you know, young people are in disbelief right now. Yeah, they, they are. They cannot believe what's happening. They can, they, it's, it's, it's surreal. What's real to them is what they see on Netflix or whatever. Well, but but, but they're, they're, they're right now being woken up into a scenario where we have a whole new world. That's right. But there's, there's a lot of our young people that are all of a sudden being jarred into a new reality because in the last 48 hours, I know of at least three of our Adventist colleges that have closed down for the rest of this semester. So yeah, then, and, and Andrews, if, if there's a college or school that hasn't closed down yet, they should. Shame on you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. This is not the time to mince words. Shame on you. You, you, should, you should know better than to be open at a time such as this. Now, we just have a few more minutes um, tonight, Wes. Um, I'm thinking in terms of several questions that people have asked me. One person asked me specifically, is this a virus, a flu virus, or is it a cold? Because different people you listen to, different experts will talk about it in a confusing way the average layperson might not get. So is this a flu virus or is it a cold? Well, you could answer yes to both and you could answer no to both. Okay. Okay. I, I prefer to look at this as this is an entirely different animal. Uh, we, we should stop trying to compare other than what I said earlier. This is the, the, the R-naught or the uh, infectivity uh, ability of this, of this virus. The ability of it to, to infect other people uh, is, is so much more significant than, this, than the seasonal flu. Uh, that it, it's, it's, it, the seasonal flu has a infectivity or a, a basic reproduction number, they call it, of 1.3, and that's, that's stretching it a little yeah. bit. In other words, if I'm infected, I will, I will infect one in a third other people. That means it keeps spreading. It keeps going exponentially over time. Um, that's why every year, even with everybody getting the vaccine, there's still uh, a lot of people who get sick, even if they have the vaccine. Why? Because you really can't stop the, 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 the seasonal flu uh, very easily. It, it, like Dr. Uh, Osterholm mentioned, mm -hmm. he says, that's like trying to stop the wind. You can just slow it down. That's all we can do. Sure. So, so the, the other answer to your question is that, uh, the, 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 again, the case fatality rate is at least 10 times worse than the seasonal flu and more likely 20 to 30 times worse. And so, so in other words, this is a whole, that's why it's called the novel, you know, that's not just a, a cute word. Oh, it's novel. Oh, that's neat. You know, it's, it, it, this, is, this is a, a, we should maybe call it the, the deadly novel coronavirus because, because we, I don't think we've really seen anything like this. Uh, because some people say, well, it's not quite as infectious as measles or as Ebola or as SARS-1 or, or the Mediterranean uh, uh, MERS. Well, that's technically true, but it's very misleading because this is going to kill far more people than all of those combined. Far, far more. I mean, a, a matter of, uh, of, of magnitude times 10. I mean, it, it, this, this, is, this, is, this is a totally new animal we have never seen. And, and so that's why we're saying... Wake up, pay attention, but do not despair. I'm not despairing. No. I just want you to wake up to, so that you can start taking advantage 
of these strategies. These strategies are available. They're extremely effective. Yes, there's no definitive study with COVID-19. We don't need a definitive study with COVID-19 to say that these strategies are going to be effective. We're just using common sense and physiologic principles of what we've learned from past outbreaks. That's right. Okay? And, we, and so we need to move forward and not delay. I also think that, um, you know, even when you're talking about um, hydrotherapy, the re- one of the reasons why that's so important, number one, is that God has given us those natural healing methods. But the ability to go and get a medication or a vaccination is not even available right now and may not be. And these will work right now. And the other thing of it is, even if we get them, we're dependent on a source pattern that these medications might not be available anyway. I will say categorically that I believe, based on my 30 years of experience in this field of lifestyle medicine and nutritional medicine, that, that nothing that even comes in the next year will come close to be as effective as the things that we already just talked about. There's nothing more important than mitigating our, 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 our situation from a symptomatic standpoint, than immediately instituting these strategies. There's no medicine. For, for that matter, there's no even uh, uh, natural supplement out there that is going to make up for somebody being unwise with sleep and rest, unwise with hydration, unwise with diet, and unwise by not taking advantage of hydrotherapy. There's, there's no medicine, there's no supplement, there's no, no vaccine that's going to come close to being as effective as those things. And that's why, you know, we have something to give to the world. The experience that we, as Seventh-day Adventists, with our health message, we have the ability to be able to give this. And that's the next thing I want to say. Let's say that um, someone, Dr. Youngberg, that's close to me, let's say my wife or one of my children is in very serious condition. And I want to give them fomentations. Yes. We're going to talk about that in a future uh, video where we're actually going to demonstrate how you do that. We're going to get a model. Uh, I'm thinking of our, our youth pastor. I think we can get him in here and say, we want to give you some fomentations and show <laughs> you how to yeah. actually do that for someone who may not be, have the strength to get to the shower. That's right. So we want to be able to take that to a whole nother So most level. of us can actually get to the shower now, so we should be doing this shower hydrotherapy now on a regular basis. And if you start having symptoms, but you're still, you know, you're, you're still able to get to the shower, you should be doing that three times a day and then immediately going to bed. So the only time you're up is when you're getting that passive circulatory exercise of hydrotherapy. And then, and then you eat sparingly, but you eat only healthy food, only fruits and vegetables, basically. <laughs> only yeah. healthy food. There's a lot of people in our world that are really freaked out right now. I was in the, I was in Costco, cleaned out, baskets, I mean, piled, you couldn't put anything more in baskets. People are saying, I got to get ready for something, you know, and, and I'm just looking, they're trying to do something late. Right. Okay. And we've got all those people that are out there. And I'm thinking that, yes, some of us are going to be exposed to it. Maybe we already have been, but we've got to be willing to, to be of service to those who are freaked out. That's right. And I think that's one of the unique things we have. And so we're going to have to be willing to take, you know, the bull by the horns in some situations. I'm going to help somebody while we protect ourselves to the best we yeah, can. So and for those... instance, the best thing that you can do right now for people that you care for that you may not have direct contact with 
is send them the link to this program so they can watch it, they can become educated, and then they can educate other people. Because many of these things that we're talking about do not require us being there no. physically, uh, no. uh, nursing over somebody. It just, it just requires the knowledge. And, and, right. and we're in a situation, you know, probably one of the most important things that you can have right now is a good internet connection. That's right. What okay. a blessing that is yeah. in today's world. Yeah, and so have a good internet connection uh, and, and make sure that you have good power, <laughs> right? And, and then uh, you might want to actually get little battery backups so that if, you're, if your power goes out, you just, you just plug in your internet box, right, um, in the garage or wherever it is. You just plug it up to your little battery that has an AC outlet, and now you have internet again. Okay, so I just talked to my internet guy today, and okay. that's what he explained that to me. Okay. Okay, so yeah. have your little backup batteries, you know, just think ahead. You're probably going to need it. Okay, and so, and so I, I'm going to be able to do all my uh, consultations and all my um, visitations with patients from home, you know, uh, online. Okay, and, uh, or by phone, or by Zoom, or, or, sure. or, or Ring Central, right? Sure. So get hooked up with those things. And That'll then you can, if, if somebody in our church, Dan, uh, through our network, of, uh, like our grow groups or our networks of, uh, of little, little companies within our church that keep in touch with each other and, and then we're going to be doing more of these programs for yes. them. If anybody starts having any symptom, and I'd be shocked if there's nobody in our church that doesn't have symptoms right now. We will now, have, almost okay? certainly. We should be initiating this policy immediately where, where uh, I can send them a link on, my, from, on Zoom uh, to, so I can actually see them and I can talk to them and I can reassure them and I can say, listen, this is what you do. Yes. Okay? Uh, I, I want you to follow this advice right now and family members can, can cautiously, appropriately care for them without getting infected themselves uh, and then initiate hydrotherapy principles and we can walk them through this. The entire medical world, in the in world, not just the U.S., the world is going to go telemedicine. Okay, that's why President right Trump today said uh, all the barriers to doing telemedicine are now gone. Okay, insurance is going to be covering telemedicine. Uh, don't don't worry about that. It's going to be covered. Okay, and so. So any, any doctor that, that normally would require a patient to come in to be treated, which is the worst thing they could do, they stay away from hospitals, stay away from medical clinics. Absolutely don't go near them because that's the most, probably the most effective place you're going to find. But right? consult yeah. via telemedicine. Yeah, or you the do phone. everything by telemedicine. And then if they have to see you, they will give you the guidance of how to come in in a safe way and then get the care that you need. Because essentially, the only people that need to be seen are the ones that have serious symptoms. If you just have normal symptoms, the, the best thing that you can do is what we just talked about. Stay because home. frankly, that's all you got. Okay? But it's not, it's, not, it's not minimized. This is actually the most important thing you can do anyway. And the best thing. Yeah, even if there was antiviral medicines, even if there was other strategies, this is still by far the most important step. Well... Our time is just about gone. We have spent a lot of time doing this, and I'm really excited that there are some of you 
that are watching this that will come away saying, you know what, I can do that. I can start doing hydrotherapy. I can make sure that I'm self-isolating. I'm being cautious when I'm thinking about what I do today may impact others 30 days from now or 60 days from now. Now, as we kind of bring this to a conclusion, there's one more element that I want to address, uh, Dr. Youngberg. Um, what will be happening three months from now, six months from now, and nine months from now? We're a third of the way, or a fourth of the way into 2020. And some people are having relapses. Uh, some people are saying this may be a seasonal thing that's with us into the future. So we get through June, July. What's the world going to look like then, and what might we see next fall? Well, first of all, like, like Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, from the, the, the Center for Infectious Disease, uh, the uh, federal government, he says, we don't really know. You know, this is, this, this is a new game. Mm -hmm. uh, we're not sure about what's going to happen. But if we have any indication from, for instance, the Spanish flu, yeah. which, which uh, has many similarities, some dissimilarities, uh, is that, for instance, the Spanish flu in 1918 came in three waves. Um, it came about this time of the year. Uh, it was really bad. Uh, the cities um, that waited too long to impose social isolation were, were devastated. The cities that immediately imposed social isolation guidelines did fine. They, they, their hospitals were not overrun. They, they survived quite fine. Um, we're, we're past the point where we're, where we're not going to have problems. We are going to have problems. And, uh, and so we need to be ready for that. The mathematic modelers um, that have been for, uh, projecting this for seven weeks now are, are expecting that, um, that most likely with the doubling rate every six days and, uh, and the infectivity of it, uh, that, that we, we, could, we could literally be at a point where our hospitals are no longer able to care for the, the new cases. Once somebody gets seriously ill with COVID-19, they may require a hospital bed for three weeks, okay? And that's if they survive, mm -hmm. okay? And so, and so our, our hospital, we have about just short of a million hospital beds nationally. Of course, that will expand as uh, organizations like Loma Linda University is already going to be using this parking structure as a field hospital, and so that's going to dramatically increase. Let's say we double or even triple the hospital bed scenario to 3 million. Well, we're going to have a lot more people sick than that, right? And so based on the modeling, sure. and so there's going to be a point, and it's being, uh, a week ago was projected to be somewhere mid-May where that will hit. And of course, that will be a very sad time when we'll be triaging very, very, in a very similar ways to what Italy is doing right now. That could happen much earlier than that, though, if, if, we're, if we're wrong on the numbers in the wrong direction. So once we hit that point and it starts to level out, that'll still take several months, I'm going to so guess. So the, 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 it's very possible that it will probably diminish during the summer, starting in late June, July, August. But it'll still be there. It'll still be very bad. Uh, forget about thinking about going back to school. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen for probably a year. Okay? And, uh, and then the fall in October, it'll probably come back again 
even worse than this than this current wave that's which, just starting. Which similar to the Spanish flu. Yeah, three Spanish waves. flu was much worse the second wave, and that's where most of the people died. Okay. Um, so, and remember, Spanish flu took between fifty and hundred million people in a world that was the quarter the size population that we, uh, that today. we have today. So, you know, they, the the <clears throat> American Hospital Association just came out two days ago with a, an estimate of how many people would die this year alone from COVID-19, and it was just short of half a million. Okay, and I believe that that was a significant underestimate uh, of, of what's likely to happen. And so th th that is precisely why we're doing this right now. Uh, we're not doing it to scare no. people, to put people into panic. We're, we're doing it to help people recognize the risk and do something about it at a time that will save lives. We could, by, by acting on this information, you could save literally thousands of lives yourself by what you do. It reminds, literally. It reminds me of an illustration. You know, uh, a father and his son were walking along the beach, and all these starfish had washed up and been trapped on the beach, and they were just bleaching in the sun. And the little boy came along, and there's thousands of them out here. He'd pick one up and throw it out in the water, pick him up. His dad said, son, why are you messing with that? You can't make any difference. He said, oh, I did for that one. Did for that one. And when you I've talk done that plenty of times on the island of Guam. Okay. <laughs> Whether you're talking half a million, three million, or five million, one person that loses their life is, is too many. Yeah, but that They're one person you help, if they, if they actually share that with others and pay it forward... You could literally be saving thousands of people just because of the one thing that you did. That's right. And so I, I want to... We need to tell people about the, the other resources that are on yes. Fallbrook uh, SDA YouTube it's, channel. It's actually, the, the YouTube channel is this. It's, it's youtube.com Fallbrook Adventist. Okay, that's really important. Fallbrook Adventist is where we have the presentations that you have done prior on this topic. Uh, there's a but you can library. also go to YouTube and just type in Fallbrook SDA and it'll pop up. Same way? Okay. Uh, at least for me it does. And then also, uh, Dr. Wes Youngberg, you have a, a I have, YouTube I have a YouTube channel. It's just called Wes Youngberg. So if you just go to YouTube and type in Wes Youngberg, you'll see uh, a series of talks that I did three weeks ago yes. uh, at the Camarillo Seventh Adventist Church on this very topic. Um, that that give, expands on what we had addressed tonight, and uh, and, and then two weeks ago from our our visit, just like tonight. Yes, is there a now tonight? And we'll do some more as this unfolds. And and I'm also going to be putting more information on my website dryoungberg.com because we're getting people who watch our videos. Dan yes. are calling our office and saying. Now, what was that again that you said? Uh, please watch the videos several times to understand the entire message, and then we're going to be putting a more detailed uh, example of what we discussed in the videos on the homepage for uh, dryoungberg.com, for dryoungberg.com. And because uh, I've been so busy, I should have done it three weeks ago. Uh, well, I just haven't had the, a chance to do it. But I'll, I'll, I'll get that done uh, as soon as possible. And I, I just want to... I want to say this as we come to a conclusion, that we live in a world that's challenged, but there is hope. Amen. Our God has told us there would be famines, pestilence, and wars, and rumors of wars and famines. 
This is a pestilence. It really is. And if you watch the special program that we did, we taped yesterday, we'll be on 3ABN tomorrow and played multiple times. You will see there that Pastor Mark Finley, Pastor John Lomaking, Danny Shelton, Dr. Um, Neil Nedley, Wes and myself, we were talking about it in its totality. Tonight we wanted to be able to go more deeply. Yeah. We've done that. And so we yeah, I felt bad that, you know, I, I, I was given some time to present the problem, but we didn't really have time to, to present the solution. <laughs> and so that's one reason I said, Dan, we need to meet tonight right. to, to give more information about the solution. Of course, we, uh, there's a lot more that needs to be said, but at least we, we have this one done that's for tonight. Right. And I'm also told that we will be invited to participate with, with 3ABN again probably the next week to do a follow-up with good, him. Good, good. So anyway, God bless you uh, where you are. Be of good courage and know that God is in control of your life, will bless you, and will help you t- as you deal with these challenges in your family and our church, not only here but around the world, around across the nation. We have wonderful people in Italy that are suffering right now. That's right. People around the, around the world in places we're not even getting reports from. That's right. Are suffering with this. Iran is suffering oh, greatly. I, I think about. Can I say a prayer? Please for do. Says, Please do. Please pray. Just for pray us. with me. So, Lord, uh, we thank you for for the opportunity to share this message of hope. And Lord, that's what we've been trying to do here. I just pray that you give us wisdom. Yes. In how to present this in the future, even more effectively, even more forcefully, uh, with greater understanding and and conviction. Uh, Lord, I pray for everybody who's watching this, regardless of their worldview, even if they don't believe in you, Lord, uh, we know that you still love them and that you want what's best for them Amen. and that you desperately seek what is, what, what is in their best interest. And you, this message was given uh, to us for the purpose of sharing it to the world. Uh, the, the Seventh Avenue's health message is not for us, it's for the world. It's, 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 so we, we share this with no strings attached with the entire world. If, if you're in the audience, and if you want to learn more about, about this message and what inspired Dan and I to get involved in this, get the book, The Ministry of Healing, of Healing by Ellen G. White. You can download that free online. Just, just look for it. And... Uh, and you can read that, and that will give you the broader context of the ministry of healing. This is the, the health and healing ministry of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, Lord, as we, as we pray to you, the Father, we pray that you will, you will send your spirit to each person to give us wisdom, to give us understanding, to give us uh, a willingness to take action, to step out in faith, and to move forward because every day that we wait, uh, it could, could basically mean the loss of thousands of lives. So, Lord, we look forward to you blessing this message and blessing each person who hears it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Wes. Good talking tonight. Amen. And God bless all of you. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.